Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Journey into Passion with me, Amy K.S. on Everyday Folks Radio. It is 3 p.m. on May 27th, uh, May 20th, 2017, and I am your host, Amy K.S. Welcome to what I always hope will be an hour of inspiration and encouragement for all of us as we continue on our journeys towards our passions. I hope you will hear something that will change the way you normally do things so that you will take your journey to the next level. Today is all about the win-win. Outside of charitable work and ministry, in business and in life, you can always, you always need, you can't, cannot always be the one on the giving end. There has to be some instances where you need to be on the receiving end as well. So this is especially true when you are working towards realizing your dreams. If you end up working with another person or persons, there has to be a win-win. Last week was the anniversary show, and today begins a new conversation for my series, The Winner's Circle. I love to be around winners who have overcome obstacles and achieved great things. So today, I'm putting us all in the winner's circle. I have the perfect person to help me start off this new conversation, lifestyle coach, motivational speaker, and published author of The Reverse Effect, Clinton M. McCoy. Clinton is a reverse effect coach who helps helps you to win. He does this by helping you to break the chains of your past and unlock the doors to your future so that you can become the strongest and most creative you. So let's get ready for what promises to be an hour of power, inspiration, and motivation for all of us as we continue on our journeys towards our passions. Now, if you have any questions, For Clinton or myself, please call 347-539-5372, or you can send me an email to anikepassionjourney at gmail.com. Now, remember, when when you're ready for your question, all you got to do is hit the number one on your keyboard, and you'll be brought onto the show, and we will be ready to answer your question. Now, while I'm waiting for Clinton to join us, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about win-win. And basically, it's a basic concept. It's basically what you think it is. It's just you and the other person or persons both getting out of the situation what you need to get out of it. It's a lot of times people, especially those who are givers, those who are givers may have uh, guilt, have guilty feelings about this because they're thinking, well, you know, I, I need to be giving, I need to be supporting other people, and that's very true. But there are some times where you also have to be on the receiving end. You can't always be the one giving, giving, giving. You have to get something back, especially when you're going after your dreams because if you, you are the, always the one giving, then how can your dreams come to fruition, right? doesn't make sense. So make sure that... In business and in certain situations, especially when it comes towards your dreams, make sure that both people are on the receiving end. And and to the other side of that, you can't be the always the person taking, you know, and always go, going out there and, and wondering what's in it for you. 
you have to also consider what's in it for the other person. So both of you have to be on the receiving end of of everything. You can't be just one-sided. That's the bottom line. And that's what we're talking about today. And as far as this winning, winning is not always has, doesn't always have to do with money. It doesn't always have to do with awards. A lot of times um, winning is just simply you getting what you desire, what you have worked for, both of you, getting what you have desired and worked for. And that's all about the win. And so what I'm going to do, because I don't have a producer, I'm going to go ahead and see on my own if I can get in contact with Mr. Clinton to see if he is going to come on the show. And I'm just going to send him a notice right now just to see where he is. And in the meantime, you and I will keep chatting. And listen, if you have a question or a comment, don't forget, 347-539-5372. And I'm also going to be checking my email to see if we have any questions as far as emails as well. And so while we're waiting, I'm just going to go ahead and look at one of the emails. And basically this email just asks about um, what it takes to win. It's just a, it's a really basic question. What does it take to win? And, you know, the, the main thing, it just depends on what you're working towards. And the, the main thing is that you want to get to the point where you, you're, you're focused. You have that tunnel vision and you are focused on the goal. And, and you, you put forth those little steps each and every day. And sometimes it comes quickly, sometimes it comes um, sometimes it takes a little while longer, but as long as you have that tunnel vision, you focus on the goal, you take, your, you take the necessary steps every single day, you are working towards the win. And then you're le- you have to learn along the way, and you have to make the sacrifices that you have to make, and don't necessarily beat yourself up when things don't go wrong. You know, so just focus on the goal, keep that tunnel vision, and you will work towards the win. I guarantee it. And now, let us welcome Mr. Clinton McCoy. Clinton, are you with us? Yes. How you doing? Hey, how are you? Thank you for coming on the show. I'm fine. No, thank you for having me. All right. So let's get started right away. Um, first, I always like to for our, our our listeners to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about your background. Well, I am a I'm a a life and fitness coach. Um, I call myself well. I say my name is Clinton M. McCoy, and I am the Reverse Effect Coach, and I help people win. And I help them do that by breaking the chains of their past and unlocking the doors to their future. And my coaching is based on my life experiences and the tools that I, I've asked to use for myself and other clients that I've dealt with to uh, help them to live a happy, fulfilled, and successful life by determining what they feel is success for themselves. All right. Now, you wrote your book, The Reverse Effect, and you said that your six children, I believe, six children and your siblings were your major influence. And so how how were they the major influence for your book? Hold on one second. I tried to... Oh. Turn on my tablet and it's bringing in 
everything, and I'm trying to actually turn it down, but it's not working. Oh, okay. Hold on. Sorry about that. All right. Oh, no problem. There we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were saying again, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're, you're, you said you're six children, I believe six, and, and your siblings were the main inspiration for your book. And I was wondering how so. Well, my, between my children and just my family, uh, they, uh, uh, they give me drive, or they had at one time definitely given me drive to keep pushing forward. Um, living my life, I had a lot of adversity, um, as if you've read my book, and that I had to overcome. And before I actually learned that the, my biggest obstacle was myself, I used them to move forward. And plus, I want to be an example to, um, you know, my children, my siblings, my friends and family, uh, you know, what you can do with your life uh, when you have the right mindsets and plans to move forward. Okay, awesome. And so what are your dreams for your children? Uh, I don't, you know, for my children, I just hope that they are successful for themselves. I don't really uh, try to place my dreams, you know, on them. Uh, as, as a coach, I'm very big, and just me as a person, as I want people to define what success is for them and not um, – you know, build a lot of wasted emotions up because somebody didn't fit my scheme of what I thought their reality should be. So I just want them to be successful um, in whatever it is that they choose to do, whatever life that they choose to live. And as far as the reverse effect, what does that title mean? Oh, man, the reverse effect, that's actually, uh, I wrote my book, um, without the experience of being an author, without the passion of being a writer, I just knew that I had a story, and I felt like God had told me that that story can make an impact with people. Uh, so writing the book is, I had I could not come up with a title on my own. So uh, probably about three months in, I sat and I prayed about it, and I asked God. I said, Hey, I need to get one title, one title. Uh, for this book, and I needed it to just to come one way because I feel if I'd have got five or six things, I'd have thought it was me. And I got that title, The Reverse Effect. And actually, The Reverse Effect is helping people change the direction because I believe direction determines our destination. So if you feel like your life is going in a direction that you don't want it to go, um, you can change that direction. And throughout my life, I've learned and mastered what I believe to be are the seven life-changing principles. And that's what the reverse effect does. It helps people change the course of their life. If they don't feel like they're winning, it shows them how to become a winner, not just win at something, you know. Um, right. right. Awesome. Okay. So, I, we, you know, I have so many questions. I, I thought when I was writing these notes, I said, I, you know, I have to have a five-point interview with him because there's so many things I wanted to ask you. But um, I like how you have, because in your book you have uh, reflections, and I, I like how you, you kind of tie it into 
what you're writing, and it kind of it, the reflections area actually kind of shows that you know what you're talking about as far as when you actually um, write your points in the book, and so you know based on your own experiences. And so one of the, the experiences that I wanted to kind of ask you about is the moment that you stood in the rain screaming, "No more!" You were 15, just out, just screaming and 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 crying out to God, and so. Can you talk to us about, because it was kind of a turning point for you. Can you talk about that? Yes, and it was a turning point. And, if, of course, if, I'm, I know you've read it, but the turning point wasn't positive um, as right. aligned to, I guess, uh, fitting in socially or, uh, you know, helping others. I mean, it just was I was, I was, I was 15 years old. Um, my dad was in the military, so I had stable life, except for when my dad and my mom got a divorce when I was 10 or 11, about 10, about 11. And my mom took us to go live with my grandmother. Um, but she took me and my two brothers there and basically just dropped us off in a house with um, 15 other kids. Um, one of those kids was an older cousin, and he was a, ma- a male. He was like 15 or 16. And, um, you know, you know, he wasn't so nice. That's why I had, like, my second round, I guess you would say, of sexual abuse. So there was a sexual abuse um, and then, uh, you know, physical abuse that, uh, you know, kind of, you know, happened. It kind of happened, but happened. And then we ended up going back to live with my dad. So, you know, being like 12, 11, 12, you kind of just, um, at least I did, just bottled it up. Um I just kept moving on life because back in them times, there wasn't really, uh, you didn't tell anybody. I mean, you, you didn't really, at least I didn't think that it was anybody for me to tell. Um, right. So from that, so I went um, back to trying to live normalcy, um, back to structure and everything like that. Athlete, never uh, smoked a cigarette, no drinking, pretty much an AB, occasional C student, band, things like that until I was, um, 15, and, you know, at this time, I, by this time I had to start acting out, though, because that stuff started bubbling up. So I went to go live with my mom. Me and my brothers went to go live with my mom. And my mom could not do what a man could do. See, my dad was able to keep it on the wrap, you know. Anger, you know, just just couldn't act out. My dad, you know, he was a Marine. He didn't play all that acting out. Uh, but wanted to live with my mama, she couldn't handle us. She couldn't do it, but with me and my brother, what my dad did. So I thought I wanted to be grown. So she decided, hey, you know what, if you can't go by the rules of my house, you know, you can leave. So, I mean, they didn't have deuces back then, but if they did, I guess I was like deuces, you know, so we was, I was out. And I yeah. left home at 15, so I went from never missing a day of school till, <clears throat> till when I was 15. The day I was 15, I never missed a day of school. By the time I was 16, I had already got expelled. So I got expelled in the ninth grade, hanging the streets, started gangs, uh, started using cocaine, drugs, smoking weed. Um, one night I'm standing in the hallway, just the short version, of course, um, and I just started like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning. Now, this, this is the time when, you know, kids, when you're young, you think you want to hang out with your friends 7, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night when it gets dark. But when it gets 3, 4 o'clock in the morning and it's raining and you have no place to go and you're hungry, that's when it becomes real. 
So I was coming down that particular day that I talked about outside the book. I was coming down from a cocaine high, um, which can be very depressing, <laughs> especially if you don't yeah. have money and nowhere to go. Um, and I just things flashing through my head. This when the abuse stuff surfaced back up again, and um, just feeling alone and angry. And I just felt like betrayed by everybody and, and even God at the time. So when I walked out the hallway, I had, you know, like it's probably, to me it played like a movie, you know, rain running down my face. You know, I'm looking up, and um, I'm just like, hey, God, if you're supposed to know everything and you're supposed to be real and you know that I need to see to believe, I need you to show me something right now. And maybe God did probably say something then, but I just wasn't hearing it. So I just was too filled with rage, you know. So mm-hmm. I decided I didn't hear it, and I just was like, um, F everything, you know, F God, mm-hmm. F life, you know, F everything. And if I decided that at that point I would no longer be a victim to anything. And mm-hmm. um, And I would demand respect from anyone by any means necessary. So I went from, I guess, a kid that thought I was going to save the world to, um, and then I didn't have any self-identity. So I, um, being born in the western western part of the United States, I decided, hey, I'm going to be the ultimate crip. Mm. And that was a changing point in my life um, for over the next 15 years. Yeah. Pretty much kind of, you could so say, downhill. Yeah, and so how did it turn around again to the posit- back to the oh. positive to where you are today? Oh wow, that's a that's another story. I break it down, of course, inside the book more, and I and I align it with uh, you know principles that help other people be able to do the same thing. But it was a long process, and it it wasn't because of my want. You know, mm-hmm. um, I believe, you know. However people choose to define God, because I don't make that determination for everyone, there are people that feel like that's their job to do that, and they're probably right. It's just not mine. Um, But I believe that we never turn our – God never turns God's back on us. It's us that turn. Mm -hmm. So over the course of 15 years, um, like I said, cocaine, drugs, gangs, jails multiple times, uh, a few life and death experiences. Um, uh, God, I believe, came back to me and said, "Well, I had an accident, and then an accident. <clears throat> you know, of course, we read the book, so I describe it a little bit more in detail. But for the interest of time, in the accident, the, the thirteen seconds. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. you talked yeah, about the yep, thirteen seconds. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and, and that accident had me on the ground for about forty-five minutes." But it was 13 seconds that um, I believe, and and putting this in words probably does it a disservice because it's hard for me to put in words. But I believe like it was like not just one singular life or potential life flashed in front of my eyes, but multiple potentialities flashed, and I felt. But I'm putting it in words. That God said, but if you choose this path right here, your life will change in a way you never thought it would. Um, but that's basically what happened. Uh, of course, you read the book. The, I went to jail 
two more times after that because the change mm-hmm. didn't happen, but this was planted. And a lot of people right. make that mistake in thinking that just because you get your epiphany or you decide that you're going to change, that everything changes right then. It actually took me right. three years to get on board because I didn't mm-hmm. believe that the change that was showed to me was even possible for me. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's in that, though, that keeps me grounded in my belief now. Even when I'm reading things on quantum physics, quantum mechanics, things about the universe, other people's religions and everything like that, because I believe in broadening my perspective, that keeps me grounded because I know that the person that I am right now it wasn't my plan. Yes. If that makes yeah. sense. It's, yeah, and this is what this is this is why I wanted you to talk through that because I like to hear people and some people think that, okay, I messed up, that's it. You know, and I like to hear from people that, you know, messed up, came out of it, messed up, you know, kind of you go through so many different cycles, but you can still come out on top, even though it keeps happening. And so there's no, there's never a point just to give up. You always have to bounce back, and that's why I like I like that you talk through that. Yeah, um, even even that you read my story. So, and that's one thing is I believe that I I've seen a meme on um, social media one day, and I reposted it on mine. It says, I gave you this mountain to show other people they can be moved. You've read my book, and, mm-hmm. you you know, yeah. we follow each other on social media. So, and yeah. you probably should know, every story is backed up. There's no, uh, because it could read fantasy to some people. But mm-hmm. every story is mm-hmm. passed through generations of people. You know, right. even, right. you know, been the time when I talked about the guy shooting at me, and I was just standing there, you know, mm-hmm. and I described, what was going through my mind at that time that would make me stand there and look somebody in the eye while they're so-called shooting at me. It's yeah. because, and yeah. I, that's part of the book when I'm talking about uh, how our, the pain of our past can be so strong, the hurt can be so strong that it creates a whole other being inside of us that will mm-hmm. kill who we are. And that kills mm-hmm. a lot of people now, and actually that drives a lot of people now. And that's one of my main tenets inside the reverse effect, helping people to become ex-prisoners of their past. Because that hurt can only drive you so far. I mean, it'll drive you. But it's like putting 87 fuel in a 2017 bin, you know. Yeah. You'll get, you'll wow. move, but it's going to really tear that engine up. And it's not going to ride like the investment that you thought you put inside of it. But, yeah, I mean, as right. you know, I mean, I've, even when I got that, I mean, I, you know, I went to prison two more times, still on drugs, in and out, um, failed relationships, uh, went from 125000 when I when I got out of the drug game to three years mm-hmm. later being negative broke, you know, not just plain yeah. broke. Right. But negative right. broke. You know? Wow. <laughs> so, to yeah, have to yeah. work at Kentucky Fried Chicken for 18 months, mm-hmm. you know. And I did that because I was determined not to go back to the life that I was leaving. And I could have because I wasn't benched. Oh, I knew my – I mastered my craft after a while in the streets. Yeah. So it's not like I was benched or someone was looking for me and I was hiding from the police. No. I chose something different. And it was hard, but it was yeah. worth it. 
But those yeah. steps have me to right now, I'm sorry. Barring death or some brain mania injury, I just do not see myself not being great. I believe the vision that God showed me, hands down. So much that you might not like me when you come around me, because that's just how much (laughs) I believe it. (laughs) You know? Wow. Now, we're all things about uh, almost halfway. Yeah. Okay. Now, I just want to say we're almost halfway through the show, and I wanted to get a little further into uh, more about you and your work and your book. And so you have this, uh, the reverse effect, holistic coaching and the seven principles. Yes. And so talk to me about holistic coaching. Okay. All right. So when I talk about holistic life coaching, I'm not talking about nuts and berries and, you know, eating, you know, wild germs and stuff like that. Is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I look at life from a holistic. My coaching is from a holistic perspective. So I coach on what I call the four quadrants of well-being. That's personal mm-hmm. development, goal achievement, health and wellness, and relationship development. I believe if people, I know, if people can achieve a masterful balance between these four quadrants, that they can have a happy and self-fulfilled life. And I coach on that using what I believe to be are the seven life-changing principles. Um, and those principles are um, broadening in perspective because I believe that the more we know, the more we can do, um, and having a, a positive perspective. Now, when I say positive, I'm not talking about from a moralistic standpoint. I'm just saying positive as it aligns to the achievement of whatever goal that you want to achieve. Um, so, and, and that's also acquiring knowledge. I believe in the principle of um, developing effective mindsets that help you achieve your goal. So you can't have a lazy mindset and think that wonder why you can't make five figures or six figures. You know, you can't have a fixed or a crippling mindset or a negative mindset and wonder why you're not attracting attracting positive things. And your mindset is like an energy source that helps you, that fuels your drive. You know, so if I set my mind to something, that's my fuel, and that allows me to form an autopilot. And then, of course, big is accepting yourself for who you are. That's principle three, accepting mm-hmm. yourself, which a lot of us rarely do because most of us really are accumulation of someone else's beliefs, the habits, and values. Mm-hmm. Um, we rarely take on our own. So we're constantly trying to appease someone else's the definition of reality for us. So I tell people you've got to first start to accepting yourself for who you are. And then, of course, once we start looking at ourselves for real, we're going to require some self-forgiveness, which is my principle number four. We're yeah. going to forgive ourselves for mistakes, for bad choices, for choices that we made and we knew they were bad, but we made them anyways, for choices that we thought were good but didn't work out when we beat ourselves up about it. Um, we got to be willing to forgive ourselves for those things in order for we can move forward and definitely before we can genuinely forgive someone else. Um, And then, of course, I believe in courage. The fifth principle is courage. You have to have courage when you want to deal with your past. You have to have courage when you want to actually move forward because sometimes moving forward means that some people are going to be left behind. And that's not always easy because sometimes it's family. Sometimes it's people that we feel we love or we do love. They're just not going where we want to go anymore. Um and we can't carry them or drag them 
because actually dragging somebody is a disservice to them. But that's, yeah. that takes courage. And my sixth principle is um, become an opportunist. This is the work yeah. part. This means that you got to work to create the opportunities that you want. Even when I deal with guys with felonies, girls with felonies, people that's messed up in their life, I tell you, look, nobody owes you an opportunity. You're not mm-hmm. owed a second chance. That's the myth that they're taught or that we're taught. We are entitled to. No, if you want second and third and 20th chance, you got to go out there and create it. Go out there and create it and see how many chances in life you have. But sit around and just wait and hope and pray and do no action and see what happens. And, of course, I believe the seventh principle is your purpose. Or my definition of purpose, because a lot of people miss their purpose because they think it's just one. Um, I believe purpose is not a person, place, or thing, and I describe that. But your purpose is an energy source. Your purpose is fuel. Your purpose is whatever you needed to be to help you move forward. My purpose is my children for right now or for at that point, you know. My purpose is to be healthy. My purpose is to have meaning in life. My purpose is to please God. You know, whatever that is, you use it to help you move forward. And I believe the combination of these things will help people become the strongest and best and most creative version of themselves. And that's the reverse effect. That's, that's my program. Easier said than done, of course. Oh yeah, always, always. I love how you how you put it in that seven seven one. You you put it as understanding your why. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like your why, your reason. And that's the thing when people make a mistake is your why is yours. You can create your own why. I do it all the time. But do you think I wanted to work at Kentucky Fried Chicken? Not a man. <laughs> right, right, an hour right. after having six figures, being a boss. Really? Right. I had a lawn service for eight years. Three things I don't, I didn't like doing: lawn servicing, exercising, and writing. Wow. And I and here you are with them things. <laughs> my purpose, huh? Yeah. And here you well, are with the great book. <laughs> Huh? Exactly. Yeah. A book that turned into a coaching program. I didn't exactly know that when I wrote the book. Mm-hmm. See, but a lot of times God doesn't, we don't have to, especially when you get real faith. By this point, yeah. I didn't ask the why's anymore. Mm. I just did. Yeah. So, you know? 100% faith. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Now, in Chapter 7, you wrote um, about the self Self-acceptance, of course, we were talking about that. But you, you said the first focus should be action. Why should the first focus be action? Well, because usually action, especially effective action, especially by Chapter 7, you didn't already brought in your perspective. You have certain mindsets. You understand kind of who you are. Um, action means you're moving forward. Um, not being stagnated, and action gets results, uh, and results get, breeds competence, and then competence breeds confidence, and then that allows you to move forward out of things, yeah. you know, so at least for me, because a lot of people, they want results with a lot of inaction, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just don't be disappointed when you don't get a fraction of what you're looking for. Exactly, exactly. Now we yeah, have an email coming the in. Knowledge of from, 
and I think I mm-hmm. talked about it in chapter seven. It might have been might have been when I talk about having the knowledge about something and actually applying mm-hmm. the action to it. Far from the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, okay. So we have an email coming in. It's from Capri in Georgia. Hey, Capri. Thanks for tr- for tuning in. And it says, "Is there I a story you can tell?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She says, is, is there a story you can tell us of someone you helped who really inspired you or who was extremely proud of you, uh, proud of, oh, extremely proud of when they achieved their objectives? Oh, man, is the A story. Oh, there's a, there's a few like that. Um, <laughs> I have actually somebody that I actually work with now. Um, her name is Shannon Ward. Of course, you can find her on Facebook. Um, she came using my the whole program, um, the fitness part, because I think at that time mm-hmm. she was like 195 or something like that, 199, 198. Um, now she's down to like 170 and getting pretty toned. But she's also uh, about, I'd say, 80% through with her book. Using her story because that's right. what I try to help people also do is use their story, how they can take their story and use it to something to create a new platform for them. She yeah. has a fly group on Facebook called Finally Loving Yourself and really happy going from. Um, she actually stepped away from, uh, now I say this from the confines of what I say, the confines when I say the church, I am not talking about Christ. I am not talking about the Bible principles, I'm talking about people that just locked into a system of something that's not properly making them happy to where she's actually, um, where she feels on a spiritual level and now enjoys going to church and being a part of it more because she's learned to understand it for herself, not mm-hmm. allowing someone else to okay, These are her words, so I'm not interpreting you know, I'm not saying yeah, what I think from the outside. You know, uh, she mm-hmm. feels free to better be who she is. Um, um, I have a couple. I have actually some videos on my website mm-hmm. um, at com. A couple that use my services and are very happy because the boyfriend had made some mistakes and it was mm-hmm. actually bringing their relationship down. But by mm-hmm. understanding that, hey, you can develop new skill sets that's yeah. marketable. You just have to be willing to, first of all, remove like and easy from the equation. Because if you only have to do what you like, then don't plan on doing anything big. You mm-hmm. know, if you think the road to your success is full of likes, um, you have not read about any real successful people. Now, you might see the glittery wow. path that you might watch Periscope or Facebook Live or somebody telling you about, you know, three quick steps to six figures in six weeks or something like that, um, right. but not in real life. But I right. just, you know, right. a lot of people and just the stories and, and even sometimes when I don't think, this is outside of my business aspect, even when I, I don't know that I've helped somebody or impacted them, I'll get an inbox. And mm-hmm. they'll tell me, man, just following your stuff. I mean, and you follow me a little bit, so you could see what people yes. say in my mm-hmm. comment section and talk like that oh, all yeah. the time. Or mm-hmm. I posted a video of a, lady, a, a white lady that was actually talking about me in her videos, and I didn't even know. 
um, so I'm just saying, I just clicked on the video. And she was talking about how positive, you know, I was and how an impact that it made and helped open her eyes to some things, even about her last marriage. So, I mean, it's just full of stories like that um, to be able to do it. But my best one is mine because the average person, at least in our United States, probably hasn't dug a hole as deep as I did. Like I was talking about, I started using cocaine at 15 till I was 29. Um, the end of this month, I'll have 15 years sober. You know, um, I'm not abusive. I could have easily, and, and at one time I was, not to like women or anything like that, but if you crossed me, uh, you know, uh, I don't think anybody thought I was joking if I came around the corner <laughs> telling <laughs> you what I'm about to do. <laughs> you know, I'll yeah, put it like that. Yeah. I don't, I don't think anybody would still be, like, laughing. Not that any everybody ran or anything, but I don't think everybody was, like, laughing. This is going to be a joke. You right. know, just a lot of, you know, a lot of things. Six kids, four of them child support. Um, one time, 40000 behind combined. Now zero. So um, just I think my life is the best representation for me. Um, yeah. Absolutely, I love. The, uh, you have this quote on your on your website when you first go on there and you see your picture and it says, "Inspiring you to do what inspires you." I, I like that quote because, of course, you have to be the one inspired first. Like you just said, your your greatest story is 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 your own, and I love that because you know it comes across. And like when I watch your videos, it comes it definitely comes across because you. You're de- you're on there. You're you're inspired with yourself first, and it and it kind of exudes itself off into the into the person watching. So if you're if you're confident in you, then and you you can tell the other people how to be confident in themselves. And it it just and yeah. I, I like that. It just it, it opens it up. And it makes sense. Now now I feel like I I can listen to this guy because he knows what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. So you I know like what? That. Sometimes uh, I. I believe in internal inspiration when you're connected to God, universe, or whatever terms people decide they want to put on it. Because I'll be talking to someone, and out of nowhere, i got to pull out my own phone and say, man, i got to write that down. Right. <laughs> so right. Be, yeah. You know, so I can use that later. Um, because I believe yeah, that when we tap into the real positive energy, um, that inspirational things will flow from us even when we didn't expect it. And that's when you in my opinion validates the power. Because I don't I don't feel like this is some mechanism of my creative design, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, like I said, I'm the reverse set coach and I help people win. I've been told mm-hmm. when I first started friends and family, people telling you how you're not going to be able to you got to stay specific to one thing. You can't do it like this. It's not going to work like this. You got too many topics inside the book. Nobody's going to believe you if you talk about your past. Nobody's going to want to deal with you. Nobody's going to do. Nobody's going to come to your house to get personal training on the north side of Jacksonville and everything like that. <laughs> but look, <laughs> you yeah. know, you're not going to make yeah. me coaching. I haven't had a job in about seven years. Wow. Wow, um, this, this, your story is what is, is what drives everything. 
a lot of that's that's like the main thing that people look for nowadays is that person's story. They want to be able to relate to you. So that mm-hmm. definitely wasn't right. <laughs> that definitely wasn't yeah. right. Now you talk a lot about strategy too, because you're a strategist. And yeah, and you and you talk about strategy and tactics. So give us a, so talk talk to us about the, the process of gaining your strategy. Okay, and I know that's a chapter in the book. I don't have the book in front of me, um, but I do have a, a, cha- a chapter called I think Strategy, Tactics, and Processes, or something like that. Um, right. Because having the print, the seven life principles are great, and I name them in an order. But the order, and I actually mentioned this in the book too, but the order is different depending on somebody's situation. What you've got to be able to have is certain strategies, tactics, and processes to implement these principles so that you can maximize their effectiveness. And I tell people, your strategy is your overall vision of of how you're going to complete your overall goal. The tactics are the, the resources, the techniques, and everything that you're going to actually try to implement to um, support your strategy. And then the processes are your routine. And this is one of the big things that I'm actually starting to roll out now um, that I didn't write about so much in the book. I might have talked about it in the book, but I'm really, uh, I've done a bunch more research on it, on understanding your habits. Because now, I'm telling people now, that's where it happens. It happens at a habit level. You can have the mm-hmm. best laid plan in the world. If you don't have habits that support it, first of all, you're going to run your willpower out by the end of the day dealing with regular life circumstances because you only have a limited mm-hmm. amount of willpower based on psychological studies. Um, and you're going to result right back to whatever habits that you normally have. And if they are not um, potential fulfilling habits, you're going to be almost exactly in the same place next year that you were this year. So the right. key is to the processes, um, and I wish I could have wrote. I think I might. Have, I just I haven't actually. I go through the book, but I know the book, so I don't have to keep looking mm-hmm. at it all the time. Mm-hmm. Right, but right. process is where the magic happens because the process is the work. Um, so yeah, when I talk about strategies, tactics, and processes, you need these to implement these things because hey, you know what? You just don't go buy courage at the local at the local gas station. You can't go get a second right. pack of courage. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Absolutely. That takes Absolutely. to do it. And that takes erasing negative habits that we have that support negative belief systems about ourselves. So. And now we are down to go the last 17 minutes of the show. Yeah, so I'm going to go to the next question. Yeah. Oh, okay. Unless you have yeah, to go about Oh no 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 because we 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 gotta keep moving because we we're down to like last sixteen minutes and fifty seconds and uh, this show goes yeah, I want to so get a lot of questions for people listening. Yes, and for, see, just want to make sure that we don't have anything. Okay, all right. So if you have a question, three four seven five three nine five three seven two. Press the number one on your keyboard um, when you're ready to ask your question. And, of course, I'm monitoring the email inbox at mikaypassionjourney at gmail.com. All right. So now let's see. What I wanted to go to is you have a section that allows your readers to work the plan by answering certain questions. I like how you, you've, given all the, you've given all the information, and now you want them to start working the plan right 
right right in the right in the book. You actually have the section where they can start writing it down. And then I like how I saw it particularly as a strategic um, move is how you have it. The, the very next section is about dealing with setbacks. So you have the people writing it down, and then you they start um, dealing with the setbacks. The next on um, the next the next the next section. And so I thought, I thought, I thought. I mean, that's the way I I interpreted it. Is that the way you intended it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Because if you don't factor, a lot of us when we call ourselves, the first one is clarifying your vision. So a lot of people think because they see the goal that they want to achieve, and I, of course I kind of, and I'm a personal trainer too, so I'm very into health and fitness also. So I tie a lot of the examples into that as well. But a lot of people pick the goals that they don't see with real clarity. Yeah, I want to lose 50 pounds. No, you don't, because first of all, you didn't really look at what it's going to take to accomplish that goal. You didn't prepare for any setbacks. You know, you want to, I don't know, make $50,000. No, you don't, because the only thing you looked at was the 50000 You didn't prepare for any setbacks. You didn't develop your resources inside of it, but... Listen, and, and as you know, you, you're grown. You're grown people. You know, we've talked. <laughs> if mm-hmm. you have a plan that doesn't prepare for setbacks, you might as well set that plan back because mm-hmm. you're going to be very disappointed, you know. Um, but I also try to talk about how setbacks are actually ways to help you move forward because now you've learned what won't work if you pay attention. Um, and, of course, if I don't say it exactly inside the book, that's in my coaching program because that goal achievement manual is part of my coaching program. I tried to give a lot inside that book that I was told to, no, you don't want to get too much, you don't want to, you know what, but the greats do it all the time. And when you have right. a lot, you can give a lot. If you don't Absolutely. have that much, of course you can't give a lot. You know what, I'll give you the shirt off my back because I got like 400 inside the closet. <laughs> I don't have a problem. Right. You know? Huh? No, go ahead. Go ahead and say what you're about to say. I have some proverb says, beware of the person that tell you they'll give you the shirt off their back when they don't have a shirt already. Mm. They don't have mm. a shirt. Um. You just got to be careful, but it's very important. I tell people, look, man, you got to, you got if you part of on the mindset part. If you remember where I talked about proactive mindset, if you mm-hmm. prepare for a setback, chances are it won't happen, or it won't happen to the degree that it would have happened if you had no preparations at all. Mm-hmm. But a now lot I of get people into... want to say things like, "No, I don't." to say that because I don't want to speak it into existence. I'd be like, come on, man, grow up. But go ahead, that's my right. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so what I want to get into is your manifesto. Um, and so on your, manife- on your manifesto, you write, you have three questions. Who are you? What do you want to achieve? And how will you get there? And before you work with a client, you have a free 30-minute session, which I, I had. Thank you very much. It was, a, it was a great session. And on the third question, because a lot of people, when they when they see those questions, they they know they, who are you? Who what do you want to achieve? Okay, I, I get that, but then they may think, how will you get there? They may think, well, aren't you supposed to tell me that? And so I wanted to ask your thoughts on why you 
um, came up with that third question to ask the client, how will they get there? Well, I asked them how will they get there because most, most the average person, I'm going to say above average person, um, statistics-wise, they don't really know the skill sets that they have. They don't know the skill set and the things that they can do with it. So, um, or sometimes they overestimate what they're capable of or the value of whatever skill set that they think that they have. Um, so I work all the way through that, but I want them to be aware first. And even on that first question, so you're grown, that is not as easy as question to answer as you probably made it seem to them because the average person, they don't know who they are because they're accumulation of somebody else's belief systems, of somebody mm-hmm. else's uh, morals or social values. They love how mm-hmm. somebody else told them what it should be. They hate who mm-hmm. people decide tell them who they should hate. You know, mm-hmm. I need to hate you because you're attracted to the same set. Um, I don't even care, so why should I? Why should I? You know, I'm hating you while you're somewhere happy. You know, um, but... So that's a harder question than you actually think for the average person to ask, and I really want them to get that first to accept who they are and like what they want and have the dreams that they want, not what mama thought they should be, grandmama, uh, imam, pastor, rabbi, you know, monk, whoever, you know, mm-hmm. defining that. But even to how you will get there, because a lot of times you don't have to have the skills right now to get to where you want to go. Only thing that you do or what I try to do as a coach is get you to recognize what you need and how can you actually master them. Even when me and you talked for our session, I mean, I didn't know anything about your podcast and that world mm-hmm. which you're a master at, but I think um, I provided you with some some potentialities that you could oh, even yeah. create a uh, something from that, say for yes. somebody that's an idiot like me that don't know anything about it. If I wanted to get into podcasting, you'd be a go-to because you're pouring mm-hmm. with knowledge in that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved it. It was a great session. And thank you once again. It really, really was a great session. And so today's that, show's title um, is Win-Win. And so I talked a little bit about it before we started the show, but I wanted to get your take on the the I, the concept of the win win. What is your take on that? Well, I'm, uh, I um, when I first encountered that concept in writing, uh, you kind of know where to work. If both people can win, you have a higher likelihood of achieving a deal between both each other. But um, I believe I read that in uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a best-selling book. Uh, I think it's uh, Jack Canfield or somebody like that. John C. Maxwell. Yes, yes. The seven habits. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, yes. a win-win is—that's the best negotiating viewpoint to be able to have. Entering in a situation where you win and they win. How many people end up mad in that? How many people walk away from Nobody. that type of deal upset? Nobody. Rarely. <laughs> And that type of person, you, if they do, you don't want to deal with them anyway because they got right. some things they need to work on, <laughs> you know. Exactly. I, I like that exactly. one. I really think it's win-win. 
you know, I feel like this. Hey, if you're using me and I feel like I won and you feel like you won, I'm sorry. I just ain't mad at you, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to do it Yeah. But that's the way I receive, I give. You know, I I give, I receive. Mm -hmm. So, absolutely. I love that concept. Yeah. Yeah, That's the platform that I've learned to deal with people on. Because when I was younger, oh, I was the other one, other way. You know, I win at all costs. Um, But, you know, that, that, for me, that kills bits of you. From a, a soul perspective. Now, if you don't have a soul and you don't have any positive spirit energy, it probably does nothing to you. But from a soul perspective, um, winning at the cost of someone else losing, it's just not good to me. Yeah. So I like winning. Okay, I want to I want to get it. I want to get another email because we're down to the last few minutes. So what, another email question coming in, and it says you've got so much going on and. And like like you, I have so much going on. Is what she's saying. And so, how how do you keep up with everything? Because I, I have a, I have a difficult time trying to juggle it all. Okay, that's this person should easily get me a um, check me out on my free consultation because this is what I tell people first is it's fourteen hundred and forty minutes in everybody day that follows the twenty four hour period, thirty days, thirty one days a month, three hundred sixty five days a year. Everybody has the same amount of time. The thing that makes it potentially difficult to double the things because we got to prioritize. But this is where the writing exercises come in line. If we're the type of people that stand, but I got it inside my head, the real experts, any real experts will tell you that's where you're messing up at. We got mm-hmm. to write this stuff down. We got to put, you know what, let's name five things right now that we're going to do in the next six months that aligns to the achievement of our goal and our main goal. And anything else, we got to shoulder it. We got to put it to the side, or say, "Hey, you know what? I'm only going to spend ten minutes of this every three days on this, and let it grow from there." Put it inside of a perspective, but we got to we got to write that stuff down. Or if not, you're not going to really be able to be effective as you should be, um, especially in the short term. Absolutely. One way that Absolutely. I actually deal with multiple things is because I don't use time as a as a measuring stick when I do my goal achievement process. And I actually talk about this inside the book because I'm outside the box. So this kind of breaks from the norm. I don't say in two years this is what I'm going to be. I say over the course of two years I'm going to apply this much effort and while I'm, and then I'm going to see what opportunities arise and I'm going to go from there. So I don't ever feel like I've ran out of time per se unless I know when yeah. I've let myself down. You don't need time to tell you that. But how you manage it all, you got to write it down, prioritize it. Uh, You know, and I'm going to say this, and I don't know if it's a man or a woman, but definitely us as black men, we don't understand the value of coaches. We we won't get a coach, you Mm. know. We go to a coach event, it's 100 women and 17 men, (laughs) you know. uh, Yeah. Get someone or something to help you put your stuff in perspective and watch how things start to blossom. Yeah. I'm a coach. I got coaches. Doreen Rainey. Um, I don't know if you know, but she's with the uh, oh, yeah. Act Like oh, Success. Yeah. Act Like Success. Absolutely. Huh? Mm-hmm. 
So Oh yeah. Yeah. And that's no drop in the bucket. You know, uh but also it's about relationships also you need to because it's not always the knowledge. It's the relationships you build. But I hope that helps, but for it was on a short period of time, that person should probably reach out to me and get a consul quick consultation session because organizing your stuff, you are not that busy. I'm sorry. You don't yeah. have that much stuff. And a lot of the mm. stuff they might have might not really be the stuff that aligns to the achievement of your goal. And that's probably why we're not getting a lot of completions in the things that we're doing. I'm only saying probably because I don't know, and I also know from my own experiences. I had to learn to streamline, you know, sideburn, put some stuff on a sideburner. Yeah. All right, we're down to the last three minutes and 15 seconds of the show, if you can believe it. So I want to ask you for any final thoughts. Well, my final thoughts are, hey, you know what? The beginning of true freedom is to decide and uh, what is freedom for yourself. Got to break those chains of our past. We got to understand the things that bind us. And a lot of times when I talk to people about the changes of their past, the first thing people think about is pain or hurt. But those are the obvious things. It's the mindsets and belief systems that people put inside of us that we're allowing to decide our nature and what we should be. We need to learn to get the courage to accept ourselves for who we are, believe in ourselves, so we can move forward being the best selves that we can be. And at the end of the day, uh, it comes down to these principles about you, developing who you are. Anybody can give you a plan, but if you can't become that plan, you will never achieve it. So I tell everybody, we stop, gotta look out, stop looking outside of us for answers. If we look outside of us for potential pathways, but the answers are inside of us. We just have to be willing to look. And then that's when we actually change the course of our lives. So. Wow. That is awesome. This has been an awesome conversation. Thank you so much for, to, for tuning in. And thank you, Clinton, for coming on and speaking to us today. Um, I really hope that a yeah. lot of you go, get out and get his book, The Reverse Effect. Yeah, and anyone can find me anywhere by typing my name, Clinton M. McCoy, inside your Google browser, cause, and anywhere to find me will come up there. Amazon, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Google+, website. Yes, yes, and he comes right at the top. I want to let you know he's very easy to find. And so make sure you come back next Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when I will have 10-year-old Christian Jones the number one empowerment influencer, number one, number two running back in the nation, an internationally acclaimed author and keynote speaker at the age of 10. His book is called The Truth Jones, and he is going to be joining me at 3 p.m. next Saturday, so make sure you come back and hear the wisdom of this young mind. And I want to thank all of you for continuing to, to tune in and coming in with me into the winner's circle with Clinton and McCoy. He has been spectacular today. I really appreciate it. All Things Everyday Folks Radio will be at blogtalkradio.com slash everydayfolksradio. You know you can find all of our shows, BJ Speaks, Journey into Passion with Nikkei S, and Keeping Up with, and keeping up with K-Pop. The, the ladies are still coming on 1 p.m. every other Friday right here on Everyday Folks Radio. BJ Speaks, 3 p.m., I don't believe he'll have a show tomorrow, but you know he'll always come back at uh, 3 p.m. on Sunday. Have a great and successful week. Thank you for tuning in. Take care. 
and have a great success on your journey towards your passion. Take care.